Welcome back to episode three of the Max Out Show, where I'm on a mission to help you become the greatest version of yourself that you can possibly become. Today's guest is none other than a former NFL wide receiver, JJ Burden. At only five foot ten and less than 160 pounds, JJ was the smallest man in the NFL and still managed to last an astonishing nine seasons in a game where the average player only lasts three years. Through hard work and determination, he has since become a successful businessman, best-selling author, and America's number one opportunity trainer. So we had a great time diving deep into what it takes to truly be resilient, to outwork everybody else when you don't have the talent and skills that other people may have, and what it takes to really seize the opportunities that you're given in your life. I had a great time with this, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive right in. It's good to be on today's show. I'm excited to share a positive message with your listeners today. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. For, for our listeners, we had some technical difficulties here. <laughs> and I can still see JJ is, is still so with me here, so positive, And I really, really appreciate that. Um, now, first, I want to get started talking about opportunity with you because, um, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, but none of your success came, you know, handed on a silver platter to you. It was, it was really hard work, hard hustle. And yet you always seem to find opportunities seemingly out of nowhere, whether it's in sports or business, in your personal life, wherever it is. So can you tell me a little bit about that skill of, you know, seizing opportunities? Where did a drive come from for you? Yeah, that's, that's always been kind of a, um, a very popular word for me, opportunity. And, and when I think of opportunities, I just really think of goals, dreams. Anything that's important to you can be an opportunity. And at a very young age, I just decided I didn't want to be average. You know, I wanted to, you know, um, do something incredible, whatever that was going to be. And I would seize and maximize the opportunities that come my way. But I always had a little extra motivation because – you know, being in sports, I was always a little guy. And I continued to come across people who would doubt my ability, who would question my choices. And, um, and I just wanted to prove them wrong. And at every stage, Max, high school, college, pro, it was, I'll prove you wrong. And never in a million years did I get to the NFL, but that's what happens when you're committed and you're putting in the work and positive things happen. Yeah, you definitely prove people wrong over and over and over again throughout your career. And, and yeah, one of the things I shared with you before that I absolutely love about you is like you have such a hustle, such a work ethic. Because this guy right here, he was a dual sport athlete. So for those people who don't know that, it's like, it's incredible, right? I did track and field in cross country in, high, in, in college in the U.S. And I was done. At the end of the day, I was lying in bed like <laughs> 9 p.m., like exhausted, ready to sleep, right? And you did, you did two sports at the same time, which is just mind-blowing. And so, <laughs> yeah, that, you're, you're, it's a good point. People don't realize that because when you're a college athlete, there's a commitment to academics, but there's a commitment to athletics. And athletics, they kind of own you. I mean, you're, yeah. it's like all the time. And like you said, you're tired at the end of the day. You go to the library, you fall asleep. And, but what happened, Max, was I went to Oregon on a track scholarship. I ran track. I was really good football in high school, but because I was so small, all the colleges didn't think I could play Division One. So my second year, I literally begged the head coach to give me a tryout. I said, can I just try out? Because I just wanted to prove him wrong. That was yeah, good. I love that. And, and I made the team, and so I did both sports the entire five years in Oregon. I graduated. And like you said, though, my life was locked down, uh, organized. I had no free time. It was, it was academics, athletics. 24 7 but that but that's what it takes if you want something you got to make that commitment 
Yeah, for sure. There's lots of discipline involved. Like you say, literally every minute of the day is scheduled out, right? And I want to dive a little bit deeper later into like how you took some of those lessons from sports and also now apply them to a business world. But at what point did you really decide? Because you said at the beginning, you just went there to prove people wrong. So what point was it really like for you? Like, I want to go to the NFL. Like, when did that dream manifest in you? Well, my senior year, I was having a really good track season. I was a you know, Pac-12 champion in a long jump, and I qualified for nationals. I qualified oh, for the yeah. 1988 Olympic trials and the long jump. So, so my focus was really track. Football was just something I did. I didn't have, like, a great college football career. I, I had, like, one touchdown my senior year. I was, <laughs> I was not, like, this college superstar yeah. wide receiver, but what happened was – I was drafted in the 1988 NFL draft. I was like a late pick, eighth round, 216th pick. Really kind of, I think I was more like a mystery track guy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Football coaches saw me as this track guy who could actually catch the ball. And um, So I get drafted by Cleveland, and I go to the three-day rookie camp right in the middle of track season. But I figure I'll just go to the rookie camp, see what the NFL's about, come back, finish my track season. Oh, so I just had, tried out a little bit. And I, just literally. And uh, <laughs> while I was in Cleveland, the third practice, I tore up my ACL ligament. Yeah, so you being a track guy, you know what that yeah. meant. No more track. Over. And so that was kind of a, a turning point for me because I'm a very positive person. And positive people see the bright side of everything. Track is over, but I got the NFL. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, that first year I was on the Cleveland Browns practice squad. My job was just to recover from ACL, get healthy, watch, and learn. But it was during that year of watching, not having the pressure to play, was when my mindset flipped. And I thought, I can play in the NFL if I really want to. Wow. And that's when I started focusing on the NFL from that moment. You know, I love that because that was literally right at a moment when you got knocked down, right? After your third day in the NFL, you got knocked down, you got injured, right? And ACL is, is horrible injury, right? Yeah. And yet somehow in that moment, how, how do you manage to decide and still like to come back from that and decide, okay, now I'm going to do this? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in times of, I use a term in my keynote speaking called um, FASCO, failures, adversities, setbacks, challenges, obstacles. However you want to phrase it. I think they're all in one category because yeah. it's something that's trying to stop you from achieving a goal, an obstacle or roadblock. And, and what I believe is those are great opportunities for breakthrough moments because that was a real crushing moment for me. I mean, I, I, I'm a world-class long jumper. I got these yeah. plans and now that dream is shattered. But so I had a choice. Either that moment could take me out or that moment could be the moment that takes me to another level. So I made a decision. I made a decision that I was going to go to the next level. And so I committed to rehab. And you know, rehab takes about a year. <laughs> but I mentally yeah. committed to rehab. And I'll tell you this. You, you'll like this being a track guy. When I was sitting there with the doctor who performed my surgery, Dr. John Bergfield, never forget his name. And he, I said, Doc, can I get my speed back? And he says, not only could you get your speed back, if you work hard enough, you could come back faster. And I was like, I'm already pretty fast. You mean I yeah. can go back faster? <laughs> so that, was, that was a little extra motivation. Say, yeah. and, and Max, I did come back faster. I actually yeah. ran faster than I did um, prior to the knee injury. So, wow, so that, that was is it. amazing. Yeah. Well, so, so was that something that like this mindset of resilience, was that something that your parents taught you that, you know, growing up taught you? How do you, you know, develop that? 
Yeah, I think it was a combination. I think one, my mom. Uh, my mom was a single parent, um, raised my brother and sister, and, and I watched her. You know, it's just some pretty tough jobs. She was a welder, and the difficulties I noticed she had to deal with, but my mom taught me the importance of of doing what you have to do to take care of your family, no matter how tough, how, how difficult it is. And so seeing her do that, two things. One is, I didn't want to struggle like that. <laughs> I wanted to be better. But two, I realized that to get where you need to get to, you've got to be willing to put in the work, no matter what. And I have never been afraid of hard work. And, and there's a saying out there that you've probably heard it where people will say, um, Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. So I wanted to flip that and say, what if talent works? <laughs> I have the talent, and if I match that with hard work, that could take me to a whole nother level. So I always wanted to be the one who got the talent and willing to put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. I mean, especially at the elite levels, right? This is really key because you can be as talented as you want, but if you don't do the work consistently day after day, you're not going to get very far. And especially over nine seasons in the NFL, which is just mind-blowing, right? How long you actually lasted in the game, despite, you know, there's lots of aggressiveness and all that. So what yeah. helped you come back sort of season after season to still stay motivated after so many years in this game and always be like, okay, one more year, one more year. Let's yeah. see how far it can go, yeah. And, that, and that's kind of what my mindset was like. Once I made it, I thought, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And you have to understand, I was not groomed to play in the NFL. And I say that because a lot of the guys I played with, they had dreamed of playing in the NFL since they were little. This is all they wanted. But for me, it was like, it just kind of happened. So I yeah. took every moment like it was special, like it was my last day. It was like, hey, let's wow. get the most okay. out of this. So I just made sure when I got there, I wanted to stay there. Mm -hmm. Because like you just alluded to, everybody was a great athlete. Everyone was All-American, and it was the guy who could really, like, make those continuous incremental improvements in their game, physically, mentally. That was the difference maker. And so from year to year, I just tried to get better and better. It was like my mindset was, okay, it's a new year. How can I be better than I was the year before? So I never got complacent, and I always had that hunger to get better and better. Well, this is really what it takes, right? This willingness never to get complacent, right? Always to want to improve, to improve, right? Because what I've realized, especially in athletics, right, is it can be over so quickly, right? Whether it's your injuries or you actually got cut twice, right, during a game, uh, during, the, during the season, right? Yeah. So how do you handle, like, those, those really you know, hard times when – because this is something that can happen to all of us, right? Whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, getting, you know, cut, getting fired, whatever. Those, you know, really massive – you know, blows to not just, you know, your financials, also your ego, your self-esteem and all that. How do you handle those moments and, and sort of come back from that? Well, I think one probably one of the most important elements in any level of success is understanding your why, understanding your motivation. Why are you doing what you're doing? I think this is such an important point because if you don't know, and if you're not sure, when things get difficult, when you deal with FASCO, you deal with challenges, you'll just quit. You know, yeah. you'll just give up. And so for me at an early age, you know, I wanted to change my circumstances. You know, I was raised in, a, in the Northeast Portland where we're more of the hood. You know, we, we kind of struggled a bit and, and I didn't want to struggle like that. I wanted to create opportunities for myself and my family. I wanted to get out of the hood. I wanted to see the world. So that was kind of driving me and that was my motivation so that whenever I had an obstacle, I was willing to go harder, willing to go further because when your why is strong enough, the process to get there is not a challenge. It doesn't matter the roadblock, you'll do what it takes. 
But this is where I think people struggle. They don't know their motivation. They don't know their why. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. So I always encourage people, start there because that's a seed of motivation. Because think about this. You know how many games I was in where I had to block a 260-pound linebacker? <laughs> and I went 157. Uh, you want to you run know? away there. like different. <laughs> yeah. I look down there and I see Junior stay on these 260. But I didn't flinch because my why keeping my job, taking care of my family. I didn't care. I'll go hit him as hard as I could. And now, he wouldn't move when I hit him, but at least <laughs> did my try job. your best, right? <laughs> I did my job. And so I always tell people, you know, start there. What's your why? And, and some people struggle with this. And I say, you got to like, we call it peeling the onion. An onion has multiple layers. So you ask yourself, why am I doing this? And you answer it. Then you say, why is that important to you? Mm -hmm. Then you answer. You keep digging, you get to the core. And once you get to the core, that's the seed of motivation that's going to take you through anything that you deal with. Absolutely love that. Now, over, over the, you know, you've had a long career now, first in athletics, then in business. Has that why changed for you over, over time or is it still sort of the same? Yeah, it you? has. And that's yeah. a good question because your why does change from time to time. What was motivating you yesterday might not be motivating you today. And I always encourage everyone is that you kind of got to use a barometer, meaning that if you're not doing what you need to do from day to day, maybe your personal life, your family life, your business life, if you're not achieving those goals or really putting in the work, then your why is not strong enough. And you got to reevaluate because two years ago, um, three of my children got married in one year. Wow. One in February, two in May. What do you think? <laughs> what what do you think my why was two years ago? <laughs> you know, that's what was driving me. And, and today it's something else. So, I, so again, you have to reevaluate it from time to time and make sure it's strong enough because you need it. You always need that to fall back on. Yeah, for sure. And is this really one of those fundamental underlying things that I hear from every athlete, every great person I've, I've met is like, they have this reason within them, right? There's not just money, not just outside accolades, but something that's driving them from deep within oftentimes yeah. family, oftentimes a loved one, right? That they really want to do the thing for. And so that yeah. is super powerful. Yeah, just because, or I don't know, will only take you so far. Yeah. It, it'll only take you so far. So you have to know. Yeah, so do you have a, a process, sort of a, a ritual, daily ritual or something that you do to remind yourself of that why? Or is it just something sort of always on the back of your mind? Yeah, I have like sticky notes and I use a whiteboard and I use my, um, my smartphone you know, to have these reminders, you know, what is it that's driving me right now? Because I have my bad days. I have my frustrating days. I have those wall kicking moments too. Yeah. We all do. And, and I need to be reminded from time to time. So I'm, I'm one of those, I have it everywhere. You know, yeah. this is what's driving me this week. It's right there in front of me. Cause I, I love the visual to just always keep it in the front of my mind. Absolutely love that. So powerful. Now let's talk a little bit about the mental game of success because, you know, going into these NFL games, and you mentioned before how you had to run into these guys, right? They were like nearly twice your size or like <laughs> twice your weight, right? Yeah. So how do you prepare mentally for those games? Like, in a, you know, hours leading up to, you know, game or maybe now, you know, public speech. What do you do? What do you say to yourself? What, what are sort of the rituals for that? Yeah, one of the things I always – use which really comes from football is, is about always keeping my head in the game you know always keeping my head in the game and I think that's a great metaphor for life because every day mentally we're either getting better or we're getting worse we're either in the game or we're on the sidelines so I want to make sure mentally I'm where I need to be and the place I always like to be is just having a positive mindset 
Because positive people, they see the bright side of everything. You know, challenges and obstacles don't phase them no matter what. So always be in a positive mindset. And then I'm a very regimented person. So I'm all about having a game plan. No matter what the goal is, no matter what the task, there's always some kind of game plan, some kind of strategy I'm following to take me from point A to point B. And I think that's really from the football background because we had game plans every week. We had a new game plan. Here's how we're going to beat the Raiders. Here's how we're going to beat the Chargers. It was always a new game plan. And I believe that no matter how big the goal is, no matter how small, there should be a strategy in place that you can execute and that you can follow. So I'm very regimented like that. And as you already know, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to commit to it. I'm willing to what I say. If I got to wake up at 5 a.m. to do what I need to do, I got to do it. You know, and, and I told someone this one time because they said um, – they said, you know, well, your uncle was very athletic. Your cousins are very athletic. That's how you made it to the NFL. And I said, I said, genetics have nothing to do with waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> it all comes about down to how bad do you really want it? I absolutely love it because that is really the key at the end of the day, right? Like people always say, oh, you're just lucky, right? You're just born this way. But what, like you say, waking up at 5 a.m., putting in the work, putting in those miles, putting in those strides, there's nothing to do with luck or talent or anything it's literally just how badly you want it exactly. and at the end of the day that's the thing that counts right whether you're an athlete whether you're a student whatever it is that you're doing and so that's so powerful love that yeah so one of the things i really love about you is, is you keep reinventing yourself over time you know from going from being this athlete to being a you know now a businessman public speaker all of these things you're always looking for new ways to sort of express yourself so how, how does that look like for you? Do you at some point, you know, really in those career transitions for you, really sit down and ask yourself, like, what's next? Or does it somehow come natural to you? How, what does that process look like for you? Yeah, I think that's a good question, too, because when I retired from the NFL, I was always Max, one of those guys. Like I said, I was fortunate to be there. I felt it was yeah. a privilege. And it was like, let me see if I can play another year. Let me see if I can play <laughs> another year. And when I got to year nine, I was already thinking about transitioning. Life yeah. after football. You say you are, you're done with it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't want to be one of those guys where they got to carry off the field. You know? Oh, yeah, no, 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 good. <laughs> I want to quit on my own terms. So I was, yeah. I've always been entrepreneur spirit and, and I've always wanted to coach. And so I dabbled in some coaching and, and I did some businesses and all that, but I hadn't quite found my niche until about, really about, you know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago because I found myself on stage as often one of the, I was in a direct, I was in direct sales and I was always speaking to audiences, 10,000 and 5,000 and 15,000. And I thought, man, this is a way that I can take all the lessons I've learned during my journey and be able to give them to the masses. And that's when I launched my career as a, as a professional speaker and wrote my first book, When Opportunity Knocks, Eight Sure Fire Ways to Take Advantage, because I felt that I've had so many different types of, um, you know, experiences. Uh, I've traveled an interesting journey, and I just feel like it help other people achieve the goals that are important to them. And and I love it because I can be speaking to a young audience. I can be speaking to all women, to executives, because everybody has goals, everybody has dreams, everybody deals with obstacles and adversity. And I believe I have some of the recipes of success to help them overcome that. So I love the direction I'm headed in now. And, you know, I'm about to start book number two. And wow. there's some, some of my messages is changing a little bit because as you already alluded to, 
I didn't realize that the average football player in the NFL is 6'2", 245. Uh, I didn't realize some of the odds that I fought against to get to the NFL. And I thought, you know, everybody at some point in their life has felt like an underdog where their back is against the wall. So if I can show them how to win in spite of whatever that obstacle is, then I've done my job. You know, I really love that so much. And this is really one of those recurring themes that, that comes up so often when I talk to, you know, some athletes like you, right? It's like they've overcome all of these odds in their lives, right? And they've found that, like, many of the principles that, you know, have helped, really helped them excel in sports do the exact same thing in, in business, right? I know um, you actually talked to Nick Simmons the other day, right, whom mm -hmm. I interviewed also a couple of weeks ago. Um, absolutely incredible, incredible guy. And he's the same thing, right? Super successful track athlete and also his own company, right? Yeah. So what are some of those principles for you, some of those core success principles, life principles that have helped you not only you know, succeed in athletics, but then also in business and in life? Yeah, I think you make a really good point. I think there's so many similarities between the athletic world and the business world. I mean, obviously, the big difference is the physical aspect. You know, I'm, I'm no longer running from some guy who's 200 pounds trying to take my head off. You know, the physical part. And, you know, it's interesting to make it in the athletic world, those physical attributes really give, determine whether you get a success or you get a chance to try out. I mean, yeah. they want to know how fast you are, how high you can jump. And, but in the business world, we control the odds. Yeah. And it's all based on our effort and our commitment. You know, so it's understanding that, you know, you have to be committed. As an athlete, you know, you cannot be an athlete if you don't show some kind of commitment, show some kind of consistency. Does that relate to the business world? Absolutely. Some of the people I speak to, they struggle with commitment just from day to day. I'm like, what do you do when you sit down at your desk? You know, they don't have like a daily method of operation like we did in the NFL. We did the same thing every day in track. We did the same thing with our yeah. warm-up. So, so you're just trying to show them how certain um, attributes like commitment and effort and discipline and mental toughness and, and stick-to-itiveness, all that stuff we learn as athletes applies in the business world. The key is just getting people to believe and then getting people to execute. And in, the, in professional sports, there's a lot of great athletes. I met a lot of great athletes, but some of them couldn't execute in the games. They couldn't handle the pressure. Well, same thing happens in the business world. Everybody's got dreams, everybody has goals, but not everybody can execute. And that's one of the things I try to help people do. Put, the, put together the plan, review the plan, and then execute the plan. Love it. You know, this really reminds me of this. It's one of my favorite quotes from Derek Sivers. He said, if more knowledge was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with perfect apps, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, because people always think they need that new knowledge, right? They need that perfect training shoe or that perfect <laughs> training plan, right? It's like a perfect watch just to run, right? They need to you know, have everything in their business figured out before they start. Yes. And yet, if you really look at what it takes, it's just literally hitting the pavement day after day after day, right? In business yeah. and studying and work it's always just a mental game getting yourself to just do the thing that you really don't want to do at that moment <laughs> isn't that true it's like people i've seen work so hard to complicate the process of success <laughs> they work so hard to complicate it and, and uh, leonardo da vinci has a quote it goes it says uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication <laughs> yeah. and it's true just keep it simple you know yeah. <laughs> what's the goal What's the plan? And go out there and do the work. You know, it's just, but some people struggle with that. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's true. But, but I guess as an athlete, you just develop over time this mental attitude of just go attack, go attack, go attack, no matter how tired you are or frustrated you are, just, you just do it, right? Yeah, and we get that from, think about a track. Remember the intervals we would run in track practice? Yeah. <laughs> You're running like eight, 200s and, and all the different phases mentally you go through, pushing yourself through those workouts and then finishing them. And, and as athletes, we're trained to deal with being uncomfortable and yeah. running you in the rain. You never quit, never quit. <laughs> yeah, you never quit. I mean, and it translates into the business world. And, and I still think, though, the, the, the why thing is really key because – even as an athlete, if you don't, because I met some good athletes, but they were still missing that why, that motivation, that passion, and it only took them so far, you know? So I still think you've got to have that element to, to really carry you through. I absolutely love that. Now, JJ, I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, because one thing that really blew me away is you have actually eight kids. And <laughs> so can you show us a little bit about how you balance, you know, work where you obviously you're incredibly successful with then you know family life where you know you're still engaged you know got all got three married kids so can you yeah. share how you balance that in your day well, bit life well well first it was it was not the plan i mean we, <laughs> my wife and i have three children um and that was really the plan and then 12 years ago we got a call from my nephew um, justin in tulsa oklahoma problems out there so i flew out to tulsa to check on my five nieces and nephews and then 24 hours later, I'm in a courthouse and the judge is like, we're going to take your five nieces and nephews and put them in separate foster homes. What would you like to do? So this was one of those moments, you know, where you've got to make a decision and it's going to impact people's lives. And I was like, well, judge, first, let me call my wife. <laughs> you know, and let's, you know, <laughs> I can't make this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> no. But my wife, Raina, we're on the same page. We felt that, hey, if we can make a difference, let's do it. So we took them all in. So that was, a, that was in itself its own journey, its own ups and downs. And it took some time to merge everybody. But we, we, we got it right. And mm -hmm. we've been you know, raising these children, all of them together. And it's just really just kind of keeping your priorities in order. And that's what my wife and I have always tried to do is make sure family is a priority, um, giving the love and attention to all eight, making sure they all feel part of one big family. And, and one thing we've always done is we've always had family dinners. And I, have not, I didn't have that much growing up and I wanted to make sure we, we had that time together with the children so we can really connect and get to know them because you know, not a lot of families get to do that today. And, and that was a priority and just, you know, we've been able to really be a part of their lives. And, but I will tell you this, I only have one left in the house. They've been growing <laughs> up and moving out. So I only have one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> so, so we're excited about being empty nesters. You know? Yeah, new, new, <laughs> new chapter of life. Yeah, but, but one thing that, that's really a recurring theme here is like this, this intention that you bring to life, right? Where you like, you don't just, you don't seem like you're the kind of guy that just goes through the day and just kind of like wakes up. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm going to do this and maybe that and then maybe that, right? But like you have this intention about Every era of your life, right? Was it you know family life? Was it you know set a business plan, a training plan? So how exactly do you structure sort of your life and your your overall goals? Do you have like a process for that? Yeah. Well, one thing mentally, I've always had the mindset that I want to be the best of the best of anything that I do. I don't like mediocrity, you know. And and I'm okay losing, but I, I'm okay losing if I give my best. You know, I've never been a sore loser. So. So whether it's sports, family life, um, my personal life, I want to be the best. So with as a family standpoint, I'm very organized. I'm very structured. So every night I'm, I'm putting my schedule together 
to see what I have the next day, what I have during the week, because I want to hit the ground running. I don't like waking up guessing and just, yeah. oh, let's try this. No, I want to be on purpose, on point, because we only have so much time in the day, and I want to be able to maximize it from a business standpoint, a personal standpoint, and from a family standpoint. And again, it comes back to football. I like structure. Yeah. In football, we were told where to be and when to be there, and here's the goal. I've continued to live that same life. This is what I do. Here's what I'm doing it. And here's why I'm doing it. And, and Max, it just, it's worked out very, very well for me. And I think um, I heard a quote from John Maxwell and he talked about the daily method of operation. He said that there's five fundamental things you should be doing every single day to achieve your goals. And, and I love that because I make sure those five things, whatever they are, I know what they are. So again, I can be productive on that day. Absolutely love that. Now, JJ, on this show, we always love to celebrate failure as a stepping stone to success. So do you have a favorite failure in your life? Yeah, I would, my, probably one of my biggest ones is, is my, um, my, my second year in the NFL. So I was with Cleveland, and then Cleveland Browns at the end of camp, they cut me. So when they cut me, I got a call from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I fly out to Kansas City Chiefs. I work out with them. And then the coach says, well, we're going to put you on the practice squad. We're not going to play you yet. Every NFL team can have 10 practice players. At some point, they play. Well, while the coach is saying that, then I go, I get a call from the Detroit Lions. They want to play me on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So I fly out to Detroit. And then when I get there, the doctor looks at my knee and I got some swelling. So they flunked me in the physical. And then while I'm being flunked in the physical, the Green Bay Packers call me. No. Okay. So then I fly into the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> By the time I get there, they've heard I flunked the Detroit Lions physical. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs still want me. So I, the next day, I fly to Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City has heard that I've flunked three, two NFL teams physical. So they flunked me on the physical. So that's no way. think about that. Four days or five days, I'm rejected by ultimately. Oh. Four teams. What an emotional roller coaster. Exactly. Then I got a call from the Cal Dallas Cowboys. They signed me and they put me on their practice squad. They say, I'm going to play at some point. I practice all year. I never play. And the head coach says, we don't think you can play in the NFL. So again, wow. more rejection. So this was one of those monumental moments where I said, the breakthrough. It's going to take me down, take me out, or take me to bigger and better things. And that failure, that fiasco I dealt, dealt with, Max, that made me hungrier. It made me want it even more. It made me work even harder. And I don't know, if, if that hadn't helped, uh, happened, I don't know if I'd go on to play nine years in the NFL. But that couple of months of being rejected over and over just inside me, a, burn, a burning desire, a few that could not stop me. And I knew eventually I was going to make it. Well, I love it. Yes, with that attitude for sure, right? If you always keep trying, you keep fueling that flame even when you're down, right? Even when you get knocked out over and over and over again. But if you keep fueling that flame from the inside out, that is so powerful. Absolutely. Now, do you have a favorite mantra or quote in your life that you repeat to yourself? I know you have you know, lots of great quotes shared with us yeah. already, but do you have one favorite? I have a lot of them, yeah. I think um, one of the, my favorite ones that is not a JJ-ism because I got a lot of my own <laughs> I always like this quote that said, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. And I like that because it's a reminder to always study the lessons of the past, the failures, and even the successes. You know, the failures so that you don't repeat those 
but the success is so you do repeat those. And so that's something that always drives me, you know, what happened yesterday? What happened last week? What happened last year? What happened the last 10 years ago? Yeah. So that I can learn from the lessons of the past. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think this reflection part is really so incredibly important, right? Just, you know, sitting down, whether it's in a journal or when you're taking a walk outside and we're just really thinking back about the past, right? I think oftentimes we don't do this in a constructive way, right? We think right. about all the stupid stuff that happened, but not in a way that actually makes us better. Yeah, so yeah. I've always found it, you know, really looking back and seeing like, okay, what did I do back then? Like that year was like the fastest year of my life. What did I do then? How did I train then, right? How did I think then? How did I sleep? How did I, you know, eat? All that stuff. And I think just having this reflection and maybe even you know, writing things down every day is so powerful then over the long run. Yeah, very good. I agree. I like how you said that. He, even as a track athlete, he's like, what did I do back then when yeah. I ran these great times? How was that training? What was my nutrition like? What was my sleep like? And we, we can always learn from those successes of the past as well as learn from the failures too. And not just our own failures, but learning from other people mm. as well. For sure, for sure, 100%. And I mean, that's exactly why we're shooting this podcast, right? <laughs> So JJ, what brings you personally the most happiness in life? I think really just seeing my family have happy. Um, at this stage, you know, I really, obviously my children, I, I want them because my wife and I raised them to the best of our ability to give them a chance to, you know, have a successful life, whatever that means to them. But at this stage, you know, I'm really all about spending that quality time with my wife. You know, we've been married 29 years, Wow! Yeah. Uh, college sweethearts. And, you know, <laughs> we started having children on our honeymoon. We've been raising children ever <laughs> since. So what really makes me happy is just seeing my wife happy, seeing her smile and just really when we get to enjoy that quality time. Because I felt that we've given so much to our family that oh, yeah, sure. it's yeah. time to be a little selfish and to give back yeah. to each other. So we just went on our first vacation in years. Uh, we wow. Went, <laughs> yeah, since 2008. We haven't had a vacation <laughs> no way. that wasn't work-related. And the children, yeah. <laughs> children didn't go, you know. So we went wow, to Hawaii yeah. for two weeks and, Oh, that was awesome. It was much needed. So yeah. So that's really what, what I'm focused on is, is how can I make my wife smile every single day? Wow. Absolutely love that. And we're going to gonna end here because this was just, I love that. Now, before I ask my final question, uh, where can listeners connect with you online? What's your favorite social media platforms, websites, et cetera? Well, first I would say go to my website, jjburden.com. That's the hub. You can access me through social media. I love social media. I'm very active. I engage with everybody. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm very, very active and YouTube as well. Um, and I have a monthly motivational newsletter called The Burden Report. You can sign up at my website there and I send out something inspirational once a month for everybody. And then, and then I have a book. I'm gonna, here's my first mm -hmm. book. Now I'm going to be beginning book number two, but this is my first bestseller, When Opportunity Knocks, Face Your Fire Ways to Take Advantage. Get it from my website. I sign all the books through my website. But the book is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, your goals or dreams. The principles apply to everybody and choosing the opportunities that are important to you. Love that. I'm going to link to those links as well then. Now, final question. What does mental mastery mean to you? Mental mastery to me means to be able to control your thinking, to be able to control your mindset because one small idea, one small thought in any given moment, any given situation, it can take you this way or it can take you that way. There is no in-between. You're either getting stronger mentally or you're getting weaker. So it's the ability to control your thought because 
mastery, mastering your mental, mentalness, your mental toughness is all about how you think. And as an athlete, we had to have the ability to master our thoughts, you know? So I tell people this, if you want more positive results in your life, you start by mastering a positive mindset. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this you know, passively, just think about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. So really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.